uh, two announcements. Uh, I want to announce Highlight Thanksgiving. Uh, we are having an online worship experience via Facebook and YouTube. Uh, I know you're probably going to be eating your pies and cakes and turkeys and all that stuff. I won't get too specific because there are a lot of different cultural backgrounds represented in here. As for me and my house, uh, <laughs> when, when I was growing up, collard greens and mac and cheese and sweet potato pie. See, I told you. I told you. That's why I'm not going to get specific. Um, so, yeah, but around 3 p.m., because I know a lot of football is going on that day as well, um, chime in to our Facebook page or YouTube, and I'll have a message for about a half an hour, just a message of encouragement for you online. It's going to be good. Uh, maybe you can have a watch party. Uh, maybe you are away from home, and so you want to get around a few folks and gather a few folks at your place and uh, just check it out. It's going to be real good. And uh, I also want to announce Highlight Christmas. Let's celebrate that, guys. <laughs> Man, Christmas. You know, I got this rule. I'm, I'm trying not to play Nat King Cole right now, but I'm itching, man. Like, so I, I snuck one song in yesterday, and it was the Christmas song. And I said, I got to stop because we're not there yet. So after Thanksgiving, we'll play Christmas music. How many of you are playing Christmas music right now? Oh, man, I am jelly. And uh, I got to get on I got to get on your team. So uh, it's going to be Monday, December 24th, uh, 2 p.m. We're going to have two worship experiences for you, um, 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. And uh, invite friends and family. Please invite, invite, invite. There are two holidays where people who would not, wouldn't otherwise come to church, they come. That's Easter and that's Christmas. And it's just such a great season to preach the good news about who Jesus is. And how many know we need Jesus now more than we've ever needed him in our nation? So, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's invite, invite, invite. It's going to be exciting. And so with that being said, let's get started. You ready? Yeah. Let's celebrate the word of God is about to uh, be preached. We clap a lot around here. Uh, don't feel weird if you don't, but start clapping, so, and you won't feel weird. Welcome to Highlight Church. <laughs> cool. Um, in June of, um, was it June? No, I'm sorry. Okay. In 2015, um, Pastor Kyra, uh, Chris, and our baby boy Judah, he was about three or four months old, we went to a conference in North Carolina um, because we had... Uh, just left the previous church that we were at, and we were in between there and starting Highlight Church, and we went to a conference. It's called Sticky Teams Conference. It was in a small town in North Carolina, and we noticed on the itinerary, one of the speakers uh, was a pastor at one of the churches that we really look up to, but he wasn't the main guy, so like we, were, we weren't overly excited. And like someone from the church, not the main guy from the church. And so we signed up for his breakout session uh, because, you know, when you go to these conferences, you have main speakers and you have smaller rooms where they have breakout sessions. We signed up for his breakout session. It was how to develop your core team. And at that point, it was only three of us, me, Kyra, well, five, me, Kyra, Jay, Judah, and Chris, uh, your creative director. And uh, we, so Kyra and I, we go in and uh, we have baby Judah and we are in, we're trying to sit in the back. 
and uh, he just zones in on us, and he says, hey, guys, and, you know, he's real nice to us and all this stuff. He says, come on, come on, sit up front. And we're like, no, you don't want us to sit up front. You don't know Judah. Right? We know Judah. You don't know Judah. He's like, no, I'm not worried about that. Come on up front. And so we sit up front, and, I mean, for an entire hour, Judah is perfect. He's perfect. He behaved well. He doesn't cry. He doesn't poop. He doesn't do anything. And so he's good, and um, Pastor Ken, he, he gets finished with his presentation, and they have a Q&A and all this stuff. And at the end of his session, we exchange numbers and emails, and uh, to this day, we're, we're still in contact. And Kyra, you know this, and even yourself, Becca, and our, uh, a lot of people who are close to us, you would know that Pastor Ken has been more of a blessing to us than we have been to him. Um, financially, uh, he's informed our pastoral journey, our parenting, um, leadership, just, it just goes on and on and on. Uh, there was a season where we were only six months old as a church, and we had just did our first Easter egg drop. It was extremely successful egg drop. Easter was great, our first Easter, but I just hit a wall as a pastor, and I, I, I called Ken, and I said, I quit. I'm done. I just, people are crazy. Church is crazy. People don't get it. I was all just blaming it on other people, you know what I mean? And so he just spoke faith into my heart. And even until this day, the investment he continues to make into my spirit is invaluable. How many of you know that just because you're ignorant of who someone is or something, ignorant isn't a bad word. It just means you don't know, okay? Um, how many people know just because you're ignorant of something or someone, it doesn't make that something or someone irrelevant to your life, right? Like, oh, I want to see the main guy. I want the main guy, not you. Well, you have to understand something about him is that he serves under the main guy, and he's like a prototype of the main guy. So if you get him, it's like you're getting the main guy. And so, um, man, he's just been like the hugest blessing to my life. I know more specifically in the world of Christianity, um, you have God the Father, God the Son, who is Jesus. Even people who don't believe in God understand this about the Christian realm. God the Father, God the Son, Jesus Christ. And then there's this other guy. This other guy that we oftentimes we just hear about, right? Like the Holy Spirit. And I've been guilty of throwing him out, you know, like verses like, you got the Spirit of God living on the inside of you just like me. Go and read your Bible and rule the world and win, win, win. And it's like people are like, hey, I got the Spirit of God, but who is the Holy Spirit? Like, is he God or what is he? What does he do? What is his function? Who is he? And so um, there, there are a lot of unknowns about the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Um, we, those of us who have been raised in church, we've been taught certain things about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've received a good teaching, healthy teaching, maybe not. Um, some of you I've totally cut off from this sermon already because I'm talking spirits and another name that you call the Holy Spirit is Holy Ghost. And so you're like, I knew it was weird when I pulled in here. <laughs> so number one, they're meeting in a school. Number two, they have people outside parking my car nicely. That's weird for a church. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Um, 
And so it's weird. And then when I came into the main auditorium, it was dark. <laughs> weird. And now he's talking about ghosts. Honey, get the babies. Get the keys. Let's go. See you later. Thanks for inviting us. I just got w- real weird when I brought up spirit and ghosts. But can I just tell you something? Like, you can have the spirit of God on the inside of you. And you can still love to go to the movies. Um, you can like soda. You can be a vegan. You can like burgers. You can like chicken. You can play sports. You can go to sporting events. You can go out and have a good time. How many know you can be filled with the spirit and still be normal? Is that okay? It's nothing weird about the spirit. People who say that this stuff is weird, they were weird. You know, and so it's like this other guy, and um, what, what, what we need to do is just kind of bring some clarity to who the Holy Spirit is. You know, there are a lot of unknowns about who the Holy Spirit is, even within the church. People who have been going to church for years still don't fully understand or grasp who this other guy is. I'll show you in Acts chapter 19. This is after Jesus has ascended into heaven, and he's come into the earth. It says this here. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. So these are people who have claimed faith in Jesus Christ. They are believers. But I love this here, verse 2. He says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is another guy involved and so today I just whatever we've been taught maybe like I said maybe you re- you've received good teaching maybe not um, there's God the father who is creator he is judge there's God the son who is savior he's totally out of the the equation right now and then there's the Holy Spirit who is in the earth right now um, saving souls changing families, uh, reaching lives, trying to get into the hearts of men so that he can guide them and lead them and give them peace and love them and show them the way and show them the truth. It's the spirit of God trying to bring men back to their wives who, are, um, who have left their children or trying to bring women back to their husbands who have left their families. It's the spirit of God. He's in the earth now. Jesus is in heaven. God the Father is in heaven. And right now, it's the Holy Spirit until Jesus comes back to take his church to heaven. And um, we need to to introduce the other guy. So I want to bring a message to you entitled, Introducing the Other Guy. Introducing the Other Guy. So who is the Holy Spirit? Number one, he is God. He is God. God eternally and simultaneously exists three in one. God is triune. Um, Or you say that it's God the Trinity. God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God. Um, Like me, my name is Joshua, but I I am a husband, I'm a father, and I'm also a pastor. 
Those aren't the only three things I am, but I am one person and I have three different functions. God, the, we get that. Some people say it's like uh, water, vapor, and, um, and, and liquid, right? That, that's cool, but if we can just zone one person, father, son, I'm a son as well, like I'm four things. You are many different things, but you're one person. That, that is God. And so 2 Corinthians 13, 14 says this, Paul, in his salutation to the church in Corinth, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. There is equality there. There is no separation. He is God. And so the fellowship there means to commune or to communicate or to live with the Holy Spirit. So he is God. The second thing about the Holy Spirit is he is a person. <laughs> right? So a lot of times when we think about the Holy Spirit, we think about some power or like some, I don't know, just some might, just a source of power that God the Father uses in our lives to, to deliver us or set us free or, or whatever. No, he's a person. He's not a, he's not a, a wind, even though we're going to talk about that next week. The word means wind and, and all that stuff. I don't want to get into week two, but he, he's a person. And so in order to be a person, you have to be composed or made up of three different things, mind, will, and emotion. So the Holy Spirit has a mind, and it says this here in 1 Corinthians 2.11, no one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. So number one, the Holy Spirit has a mind. Number two, he has a will. First uh, Corinthians 12, 11 says this. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. We're going to get into that in week three of this series. You have gifts, and I don't want to get too deep into that. He, he alone decides which gift each person should have. So he decides, he has a will, he thinks, he processes, he evaluates. The third thing he has is emotions. Ephesians 4, verse 30a, it says this here, and do not bring sorrow, you see that? To God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. A person. Not a force. A person. So he is God and he is a person. The third thing that he is, is he is the gift of Jesus to us. When I learned about the Holy Spirit, it, it was a game changer for me. Um, and, and so, like, uh, so, all right, let me, let me, let me kind of slow it down. This week is foundational. Uh, I'm, I'm in teaching mode. We're actually going to be out of here in about 15 minutes. Um, very foundational week. This series only gets better as you are here. So I pray that you, you would be here for, for the remainder of the series. We're going to build. Next week, I'll be sharing my experience when I got saved. And as I was studying for the series, it, it dawned on me that I actually had a Holy Spirit moment. Next week is going to be called Birth by Breath. Birth by Breath. And um, when a baby comes out, he, he or she comes out crying. And, and, and that's, just, that's just one way that you know that when you gave your heart to Jesus, if you had some kind of response, we all have different responses, 
that you have the Holy Spirit. All right, so he is the gift of Jesus to us. So watch this. The gift of God the Father is salvation through the Son. Okay? So the Bible says that we are all sinners. And we all fall short of the glorious standard of God. That means that we've all sinned. God has a perfect law, over 600 laws in the Bible. We all fall short of those every day. The Bible also says that the wages of, of sin is death. So if we are to die in our sin apart from faith in Jesus Christ, who, who God has provided as the way of salvation, we will die and enter into an eternity separated from God forever, which is hell. And so God sent Jesus as a gift. He lived perfectly. He fulfilled the law. And so it tells us that we don't have to do works or anything to get right with God. We just simply have to have faith, and we receive the gift of salvation. So the gift of the Father to us is salvation through the Son. Now, that's the first step, salvation. Sin, saved, set free, I'm good. Woo, great, sin, good, awesome, what next? Well, the gift of the Son is true life, or in John 10, 10, the abundant life through the Spirit. The gift of the Son is the abundant life, John 10, 10, through the Spirit. And this is why a lot of people will say, I have faith in Jesus, but continue to live in perpetual defeat, depression, lacking victory, and it's because maybe they're unaware of who the Spirit is. Maybe they don't even have the Spirit on the inside. And you can be going to church for 20 years. You could have been water baptized, which is not a step of salvation. Water baptism is a step of obedience. There's another baptism I'll be talking about next week, which is the baptism of the Spirit that guarantees your salvation. It's a spiritual baptism. The word baptism means to go under. So it means to immerse. So when Jesus ascended into heaven, let me not go ahead of myself. Here it is. John 16, he, he, Jesus will tell us, I can get out of the way. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. So who sent Jesus? The Father. Who sent Jesus? And so he's telling them, I'm going to die. He's telling his disciples, I'm about to die for the sins of the world, but then I'm going to go away. I'm going to raise in three days, and I'm going to go away, right? He says this here, I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. It's like, Jesus, what are you going, man? <laughs> he's like, look, I'm trying to tell you something. Listen, okay, listen. And he says here, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I don't go away, what is he saying? I cannot multiply myself to be on the inside of you. Thank you. I will. I cannot multiply myself to get in your heart. And I'll explain on the next point. And he says this, if I do go away, then I will send him to you. So 
God didn't give us the Holy Spirit. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. All right? Because God, God the Father is like, I created the world. Now, Jesus, is your turn to save the world. Now, Jesus, you send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to go and do his thing. Okay? The fourth thing about the Holy Spirit is this. This is so key. He is God within the believer. So before Jesus came on the scene, is this okay? We're going to get practical. I just, I got to lay out some things here because um, we can go on social media and get a soundbite. We can get real excited about a preacher saying something in two minutes and wonder why we're still lacking an hour later. What we need is we need substance. We need meat. We need the word. And so before Jesus, it was God upon people. Okay, in the Old Testament, the spirit of God would rest upon people. This is what you called um, Shekinah glory, God's manifest presence in the earth, Shekinah. And then when Jesus came, um, all of the fullness of God dwelt on the inside of Jesus. So when Jesus was in the earth for 33 years, it was God with man. So it was upon man, then it was God with man. Emmanuel, God with us. That's Christmas, right? Emmanuel, God with us, right? But after Easter, the resurrection, Jesus sends the Holy Spirit, and now it's God within us. You see how he makes that? God upon, God with, God within. And so he is God within the believer. This is the most powerful point today. And half of us are sleeping through it. This point, this, this point utterly changed my life utterly God and me the creator of the universe and me the creator of the heavens and the stars and 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 the firmament is what the King James calls it the firmament it's it's the space he's in me the healer of all diseases is in me the one who has resurrection power is in me is in me the one who owns everything that we see is in me and we're sleeping through this point? Woo! An hour from now, we'll be in Barnes and Nobles looking for a self-help book when you got God in you. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Go ahead and have your seat. This is the point. Forget all the practical points. We can go home. How do I live this out? God in you. Just live. Stop being negative. Live. Believe. Live. Write dreams. Live. Obey. Live. Live. Romans 8.11 says this. Now I'm going to let the Bible talk. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. I'm not making any of this stuff up. 
lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. He is a person. Think about the Holy Spirit as he is gentle. So he's not going to force himself to you. He's not going to force you to do anything, but he's there. And so the question now becomes, why do we need him? So, I, all right, pastor, I get it. He's God. He's a person. He's the gift of Christ. He's, he's in me, potentially. <laughs> uh, but why do we need him? Well, let's, let's take a journey with Jesus himself. Um, Jesus being the sinless man, he was an example unto us. Even though he was God, he received the Holy Spirit. And we'll see the steps that Jesus himself took after receiving the Holy Spirit. All right. So Luke 3, 21 says this. It says one day the crowds were being uh, the crowds were being baptized. So John the Baptist is baptizing people, water baptizing. Jesus himself was also water baptized. As he was praying, as he came up out of the water, the heavens opened up. And it says, the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. The, the dove there means gentle, right? God, God is gentle. Watch the, the Trinity here. And, the vo- and a voice came from heaven saying, you are my dearly beloved son. You bring me great joy. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. Jesus is about to inaugurate his ministry as savior of the world. And you see God in totality show up on the scene because he's about to get started. And then Luke 4 verse 1 says this. So Jesus is filled with the spirit. And what happens? It says this. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness. So why do we need the Holy Spirit? Number one, you need direction. He was led. He was led. I remember June, um, here it is, there it is. Thank you, Lord. That's when I was supposed to talk about June. June 2014, uh, Chris, Jaziel, and myself, we, we came here um, on a dream that the Holy Spirit had given my wife. Uh, we thought that we were going to start Highlight Church in Delaware, uh, Wilmington, or somewhere in Delaware. Um, but we, we just knew it was this general vicinity, this general area, this DMV kind of area. And so we came up, and it was a three-day uh, trip. And man, I'm just not feeling it. Like, I can't sense us being here. I can't, I can't feel it. I can't get that peace in my heart. Um, I just can't sense it. And so uh, on the last night before the morning that we were going to leave, I go to a, a park in Silver Spring because I, I, I was convinced that we were going to start the church in Silver Spring. And I'm, I'm in Silver Spring, and I'm like, I don't, this isn't clear. I don't sense it. I don't feel it. So I told Chris and Jay, like, can you take him over there and watch him? He plays, and we stopped in a park. And I just went under a tree, and I prayed. I said, God, like, I think I'm in the area. I don't sense you calling us to Florida. Delaware is definitely not it. Um, 
But Lord, like, I need direction, Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit led me to go on my phone and I, I searched up just general verses about preaching the good news about who Jesus was. And it was all general, like wherever you preach and whoever believes and da, da, da. And the Holy Spirit just put on my heart. He said, and, and this wasn't like clear direction, but it was enough. He said, wherever you choose, I will bless. Wherever you choose, I'm going to use you. And so that next morning after talking to my wife and praying, uh, we were in D.C., Bethesda, Rockville. We had never came to Gaithersburg. We went to Gaithersburg High School. And uh, it, was, it was a beautiful day, and I stood atop of the, the football field right there, and I just, I just felt the peace of God say, like, I've saved the best for last. And, and it came upon, it came after praying for direction. It came after praying for direction. I've been living in the DMV for two and a half years, and man, like, I use Google Maps for everything. Outside of six minutes from my house, Google Maps. I have to use it. Maybe you use Siri. I don't know what you use, but I use Google Maps, and it gets me there. The Holy Spirit is your GPS. The Bible says he led him into the wilderness. What I love about this verse is, is that the Holy Spirit won't always lead you into pleasant things. But it will lead you into situations that will grow you and stretch you situations that will enable you to be fruitful and effective situations that will mature you but just to be specifically clear this is a these are signs to let you know if you do have the holy spirit the holy spirit will always lead you in four directions number one the holy spirit will always lead you towards prayer prayer Communing with God, talking to God, hearing from God, prayer. The second thing the Holy Spirit will always and consistently lead you towards is study. Studying the word of God, the Bible. The Bible even says, as men were inspired. And we're going to teach about birth by breath next week. As men were breathed upon by the Lord, they wrote. So he will always lead you back to what he said, studying the word of God, a healthy um, habit of study, God's truth. Jesus said that in John, he said that the Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth. Part of the way that he guides you in all truth is he takes you to his word. The third thing the Holy Spirit will guide you towards, you can read this in Acts chapter 2, after the Holy Spirit came, is a faith-filled community slash local church. If you are not a part of a local church and you consider yourself a Christian, that is an oxymoron. I cannot find you in the scripture. I can't find you. You don't exist in the eyes of God. A local church. And not just that. Number four, the Holy Spirit will always lead you to serve in your local church. Prayer, study, local community where you can find people who are going to help you grow in your faith. And the fourth thing is to serve. If you feel led away from any of that, it could be an indicator that you are either not a believer or you are a believer, but you don't have the spirit of God on the inside of you. 
And in order to really be saved, you have to have the spirit of God on the inside of you. Or you can have the spirit of God on the inside of you, but he's grieving. Because you're not going to the place where he can build you up and bless you and use you. And you're limiting his impact that he could have in your life. He'll always lead you towards those four things. And if you feel led away, he could be grieving. Okay? And it says this here in Luke 4. Is this okay? Luke 4, 14 through 15. So Jesus fasted. And we're going to go ahead and skip on down here. Then Jesus, after his fast, he returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. And reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. So the second reason you need the Holy Spirit is you need power. The word here is dunamai, power. It's the strength to perform through God's inherent abilities. And God is calling you to stop doing things in your own strength. It's causing you a lot of frustration. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to make this happen. Stop trying to make this work. He wants to begin to use his power through you. Man, I think of our church, nine adults and two kids. And within two years, all that the Lord has done, over 100 salvations, over 60 baptisms, all this outreach you guys are doing. I, man, I haven't been there, but I need to get to an outreach. Y'all are killing it. Let's give it up for our people who serve our community. We thank God for our superheroes who serve. But what I want to say is, is that I'm not that good. I'm not that good of a leader. Pastor Kyra isn't that good. Our team is not that good. It's been the power of the Holy Spirit. We're intentional, we're strategic, we try, but if the spirit doesn't show up, nothing moves forward. You need power. You need power. For, for, that, for that big dream, you need power. To, to break away from those friends who are no good for you, you need power. To, to break that addiction, you need power. It's not going to be by means of medicine. It won't be by means of therapy. All that stuff is good. That stuff is not bad. But what's ultimately going to sever that addiction, what's going to sever the depression, what's going to sever the, 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 the void is the power of God on the inside of you. You're not going to pass that test. It's going to be the power of God. You need power. You need dunamai, God's inherent abilities on the inside of you. We are not that good. In order to live in purity and in singleness and be fulfilled, waiting on the Lord to send you somebody, you need power. The Bible says in the day of adversity, uh, if you fall in the day of adversity, your strength is weak. The day of adversity is coming. But what you need for the fall is you need to tap into the power so that God doesn't have to keep hitting the reset button on your process. I tried it for three months, and I, I fell, and I, must, I messed up. Well, got to hit the reset button. You need power. Power. All right? Power. Luke 4, 16 through 19 says this. It says, when he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, 
I love it. He took his power back home. He said, show him. He went as usual to the synagogue on the, on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Jesus. For he has anointed me. Someone say anointed. The word anointed means to smear or to rub in. The word anointed also means to set aside. So he's about to start his ministry. He has the spirit and he's telling the world, I'm about to begin. Okay. But why has God anointed him? Why has God given him power? Watch this. He says this here to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and that the blind will see that the oppressed will be set free. And that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now, why do you need the Holy Spirit? For your assignment. There's an assignment on your life that's bigger than an 8 to 5, a 9 to 5 paycheck. Your assignment. Your purpose is to make a difference. Your purpose is to create supernatural change everywhere God sends you. Not to fall victim to the whims and the lies of this world. You need the Holy Spirit because you have an assignment, Eliel. You got a big assignment, Marcus. You got a big one, Eliel. You got a big assignment, Damien. You have an assignment. As a father, I have an assignment. I have an assignment to protect, to provide to teach, to raise up, to discipline, to be present in the home so that my boys know that I love them. I have an assignment. I have an assignment as a pastor to be here, to die here. I'll be here the next 50 years serving you. I have an assignment, and I need the spirit to be faithful in my assignment. I had an assignment to a boy that wasn't biologically mine. But God said, you will be that boy's father. You have an assignment to create positive change wherever you are. As an employee, as a teacher, as a student, you have an assignment to glorify God, to be excellent, to be on time, to be intentional, to be honorable, to be a servant, to be, to be the best of the best. You have an assignment on your life. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit if you're going to fulfill the assignment that is on your life. You need the Spirit. And ultimately, the reason why the disciples received the Spirit was ultimately to point people back to Jesus. Whew, thank you, Lord. If I'm not pointing people back to Jesus through my marriage, I am not on my assignment. That's why we're married. It's not to live the good life. It's to suffer for the cause of Christ because we want hell to be empty and we want heaven to be full. That's why we're married. There's been an assignment on our lives since the day that we met. There's an assignment. And every day we wake up, we're getting closer to the day that he comes back. We got to stop playing. There's an assignment on your life. He understood this. He explained it. Not me. I am anointed too. Set free. Open blind eyes. 
heal the sick, set, set the captives free. That's why I'm anointed, not for money. Not to enjoy this life, but to give all that I am to God so that others would know who Jesus is. And this is the key. As you do that, you will never lack. We'll say that for maximum capacity. Next sermon series. To create supernatural change, pointing people to Jesus wherever you are. The time of the Lord's favor has come. There's an assignment. So th this, is my, this is my encouragement to you. You remember the Big Dream series? We did it a long time ago. <laughs> Take this series and use it as the support system. God is not just giving you big dreams. I think I made this very clear to just be successful. God is making, giving you big dreams so that you can glorify him and lead people to heaven. We got to stop playing. God forbid we be in a car accident or something tomorrow or something. I don't know. But have we done everything in our power to get people to Jesus? That's why it was sent, to get people to Christ. And the last reason why you need the Spirit, you need the Spirit in order to obtain God's promises for your life. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4 says this here. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. That's the Holy Spirit. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself, by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. You need the spirit of God to obtain the promises of God in your life. God. God has great and precious promises for your life. And um, as we said prior, the promise of Jesus was the Holy Spirit. He's given you the promise so that you can get every promise. The promise of freedom and joy and peace and purpose. The promise of the abundant life. The promise of true life. The promise of, of, of effectiveness and calling. The promise of your eyes have not seen, nor have your ears heard, nor has your mind imagined the things that God has in store for those who love him. Those promises is what the Holy Spirit is for. The promises. The promises. I just want to encourage you today, if, if you've never, if you don't know if you have the Spirit of God, we're not going to make this weird. We're just simply, let's bow our heads right now, let's pray. Let's pray. And um, maybe you are a believer, but you, you don't know. You don't know if you've received a spirit. Well, today can be your day. Or maybe you never received Jesus as the Lord of your life, and you need salvation. God is here, and he loves you. 
And he wants to make your heart his home so that you can have power and direction so he can release you into your assignment. So we're just going to pray, and then after this prayer, I'm going to have you raise your hand so that you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Father God, we love you, and we give you all the praise and the honor. Lord, I thank you for your children. God, I thank you for your spirit, Lord. And I pray that there is anyone lacking your spirit, lacking your presence on the inside of their hearts, God, that you would give them the strength to open their hearts. And Lord, when they open their hearts, that you would come on in, Lord, and that you would fill them in the name of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, we thank you for the new life that you give through your spirit. And so God, even now, give us strength and boldness. Now with every head bowed, on the count of three, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you need to be filled with the Spirit of God, we're just going to pray with you. It's going to get weird at all. We're going to pray. Just need you to raise your hand on the count of three. One, two, three. Raise those hands high. Every eye closed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you a few more seconds. If you don't know if you have the Spirit of God and you need the Spirit of God, God can fill you today. You need direction. You need power. Lift those hands. Hallelujah. Praise God. And let's repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, we love you. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Holy Spirit, my heart is yours. Fill my heart. Come on in. Get comfortable. Have your way. Set me free from the power of sin and death. Use me. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.